This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big, short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone and welcome. No, sorry, he's still not back. Unbelievably, host of the Black and White Everything's Black and White podcast, Neil Cameron, still away on holiday, but um, he's missed what can only be described as a momentous occasion. Newcastle United taking three points for the first time this season against Leicester last week. Um, I think we're all sort of of the impression that you know it was it was a much needed three points. But Lee, you know, a few reflections now, week on. Um, do you think it was it was a good performance for a start? Do you think it was something to build on, or do you think it was maybe a bit of a mirage? I think on Saturday night everybody celebrated it for what it, exactly it was, which was a win. Uh, obviously, on our website this week we had the the coverage of all the fans singing and dancing yeah. on the tables at Rosie's Bar on Saturday night, which was great to see. And it just showed you that you know everyone enjoys the football and they just want to see the team win you know no one wants to be writing negative things or saying negative things about the manager and all that kind of thing so so yeah everyone enjoyed the win for what it was uh, we've now moved on a few days um, you know we're still in the bottom three we've still got tough games to come so I think it's now a case of backing that up with another performance at Tottenham mm. um, obviously Spurs haven't be, I suppose they've obviously been in the Europa League this week. Yeah. Newcastle uh, have had the not the week off because they'll have been working hard, but you know they've had the week to prepare. So it's it's really up to Newcastle. The emphasis is now on Pardew and the, t- the team and the players to go out and show that they're not as bad a team as everyone's been saying they are. Do you think if they play at the same performance level as they did against Leicester, they'll get something from Tottenham? Because I think one of the things that people were sort of saying after the Leicester game was it was a good good win but you know our performance wasn't good enough which I thought was a little bit harsh actually because I thought you know it wasn't a classic but it wasn't you know they weren't that bad well it's one of them isn't it I mean Leicester are a completely different team to Tottenham you know Tottenham are a decent outfit yes it was the Europa League last night yes it was so called lesser opposition but I did think we saw a few players obviously a very special goal as well last night they'll be going into on a high I think Tottenham are a tougher tougher nut to crack than than Leicester were and I just think that Newcastle have to up their game accordingly they'll have to start convincingly because I think Tottenham will probably they'll they'll have the bit between the teeth after a 5-1 win it doesn't matter who you beat in front of your own fans gets people excited so I think it's going to be a tough one um, and Newcastle need to up their game but you know on the positive side of it if Aubertan can keep up his form and you know Cissé can you know, he did miss a sitter on Saturday, but he had, he got the assist, so he's weighing in, he's chipping in, um, and and if everyone else can you know step up the plate and join them, and 
you know, there's no reason why they can't go down there and get anything out of it. It's just whether they can start the game convincingly, and I think that'll be the key. Yeah. Um, just introducing Andy Andy Fowler here. Um, Andy, defensively, Newcastle were a little bit stronger on, on Saturday. Are you convinced by Fabrizio Colaccini and Stephen Taylor, who made a somewhat triumphant return? Yeah, no, no, well, no, 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 I'm not. Uh, I'm not I, I don't think Colaccini's been his very best for some time. I, I think, he, I think he's, his legs look to have gone in the early part of this season. But, like you say, although it was a, a 1 0 win, credit where credit's due. Uh, Clean sheet at home, which is what we all asked for, which is what we all wanted, and that's something to build on. I think that's the most important thing. Even if I don't, I don't think they are the most convincing of centre back partnerships. They did get the clean sheet, and that is something to work on, to work on in training, and hope that it's not like uh, the sort of the barrage that we saw last time at, uh, down at uh, White Hart Lane, in which Tim Krull was. That was outstanding. Outstanding, and that was it. And the, and the thing, the thing is, if they like Lee says, if they don't start well, then that could be what it's like. You know, like I say, yeah, Spurs put uh, was it four or however many five past um, in the Europa League the other night. They've got goals in the in the team, and the problem will be is that if they're not switched on from the very off, then they'll get punished. Thankfully, against Leicester, they they weathered the storm. They got the result, and it was more about it was more about the result. And like you say, now it's a case of, right, we've got that now. We've got that first win. Where do we build on? Um, but no, I, I think that Taylor and Colachini is not something Newcastle should be uh, sort of resting, um, resting their hopes on if they're to keep more and more clean sheets. Yeah. Uh, interesting one, Lee. Uh, obviously, we've, uh, we've had a quite a, a good week in terms of uh, sort of raking up one of the most infamous moments uh, in Newcastle's recent past, which we've kind of all really enjoyed sort of reliving in a, in a kind of weird way. Uh, Kieran Dyer and the Lee Bowyer uh, fight. And we, we spoke to Lee Bowyer as, as a, 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 in the newspaper today, and he was very positive about Alan Podge. You know, I think both me and you have sort of noted that there's been a bit of a, a kind of backlash from a few people in terms of what Lee Bowie is saying. I mean, what do you what do you sort of make of what Lee said? And secondly, do you think that Alan Pardew has kind of bought himself a little bit of breathing space with the win last, last week? Well, I spoke to Lee Bowyer yesterday, and as people know, you know, anyone who remembers him playing, he's a no-nonsense customer, mm. and he doesn't, he doesn't pander to anybody. I mean, people should know that about Lee Bowyer. Yeah. You know, he's not the type of guy... Who sucks up to people? You know, he, he says it how it is. That's mm. how, that's how he was at the top level of his game for so many years. And I think speaking to him yesterday, you know, it was it was just good to get a refreshing voice on on someone who's prepared to you know stick the neck out a little bit. Everyone's been slagging off Alan Pardew, uh, you know, the bottom of the table, Smith bottom three rather, and it's been a difficult time. Um, but what Boyer said was it was quite reasoned. I think sometimes one of the issues is people look at a headline and then they just react to the headline mm. straight away or they, they skim over and they don't you know, have a proper read of what he's saying. What he's saying is, he's not saying that Pardew's the, the best man manager on the planet, he's saying in the circumstances with Newcastle having no money to spend and having a little look at who's available for the money that Newcastle willing to spend, he's probably the, the best man in these circumstances to take Newcastle forward. Now, whether I agree with that or not is irrelevant. Yeah. What he's saying is, is that he's seen it at Wolves, he's seen it at Fulham, you chop change your manager, and then all of a sudden you're down. And that's that's how dangerous it is for Newcastle at the minute. As he says in his stuff, you know, they're not they're not spending the money to challenging the top seven. 
they're not, you know, top ten's going to be a push. So just staying in the league is going to be a, a, a big challenge for Newcastle season. And, and you know, Pardew's the man who has got to face that. Now, whether I think he's the right man for the job or not is irrelevant. That's what Lee Boyer said. Yeah. He stuck his neck out. He even said at the end of the interview, I'm not saying it because I'm an old friend of Pardew. I'm saying it because I look around football. You know, he's, he's an educated guy in terms of football. Mm. And he's looking around that and, and thinking, you know, Pardew's the, the, the guy in the hot seat at the minute. And who's going to come in after that, you know? that's Well, that's the question, isn't it? And I think you've, uh, I think you made the, the important point there as well. Like, we're actually just presenting somebody's opinion really and I think there's been it's it's difficult at the moment because everybody seems to be kind of on you know in one camp or the other really there doesn't seem to be many people kind of saying oh well we'll give them a bit more time and then make a judgment there doesn't seem to be too many people thinking that and I think your point there about who would come in next is is quite a key one because it suggests to me that Mike Ashley hasn't made the change because actually he doesn't have anybody a mate who will come in and work in these circumstances he doesn't necessarily have anybody ready to come in and do that well you know it's not like fantasy football where you're going to have you know Jurgen Klopp or Mourinho or someone of that ilk I mean I was having a conversation the other day with somebody and they said you know when we were at the bottom three in in 1999 um, Bobby Robson came in there is no Bobby Robson figure now you know there's no one of that ilk available who would do the job he done and Mm. you look around and there's there's a lot of unemployed managers but who won? Why are they unemployed? Because they've, they've been sacked in other jobs, or they've left other jobs. And two is, will they come in and, and take the you know the small wage packet that'll be available to basically manage Newcastle United and also put up with the circumstances around because it's a unique mm. unique place. And there will be more from Boya. Come on, that. Um, so it's worth keeping tabs on that. And I think once people have read the full. Uh, collection of the interview, then they might they might have a different view. They might not. They might just, you know, they're, they're that upset with the way Pardew mm. has managed the team, then they react in, in that way. But everyone's entitled to their opinion. Exactly, uh, different stripes as well. You know, just because Andy, just because, for example, we we're running a, a sort of Lee Bowyer interview, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that kind of everything's okay again. It's just a kind of situation no. where. You know, I think we've got to kind of acknowledge that there are a lot of opinions yeah. out there. Yeah, well, I think I think that's right, and I think the interesting thing is, I I actually think that you know that win has has bought him time. It, it has to have bought him time. It, you know, that's what he, they need wins. He's got to win, so it has bought him more time. But also, like like you say, to to speak to someone like Boy who's been around the game, who's seen everything, he's much more on the inside track. He knows what what's going on. He's seen managers get sacked, appointed. Etc. Etc. And there are different viewpoints. You know, the, the situation in Newcastle hasn't changed. No, the only thing that has changed is the fact that they've got to win. The pressure is still on Pardew. It will be. They're in the bottom. They're in the bottom three. Um, and but the win has moved them a little bit up the table. Mm-hmm. You know, another win. They could get out and they, they could go on from here, and everything could be hunky dory. Or another loss, or another couple of losses, and they're still stuck where they were a couple of weeks ago. So. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the pressure the pressure is not off. The situation hasn't changed too much. Ultimately, Newcastle need not just a performance; they they need the result. Whether that's myself and Lee spoke yesterday, three points, very very tough down there. Could be a point, you know, a hard fought draw would be something as well. The fans would like like to see. You know, it wasn't a perfect performance against Leicester, but they got the win. Now, if they can't get the win, is the performance, is the manner of it, does that then show a change of? Um, of Newcastle, good win, good draw against Stoke, win against Leicester, draw against Tottenham. 
doesn't look as, as as bad. But ultimately, the start has been has been tough. It's been tough on the fans. It's been tough on the on the team. And now they're looking at right. We need to turn that corner, and hopefully, the win against Leicester has done that. We're talking about, about opinions. I mean, I, I do think really that Newcastle should have made should have made a change earlier in the season. I think it would have kind of changed things, but. If we're stuck in the situation we're in now, and it, and it's almost the situation where they go to Tottenham, and Lee, you know, it could will they? You know, we've had these debates about two up front. Do you think that's now almost redundant with the go to Tottenham and playing and playing Liverpool? Because you know, really, these are two teams that have better players really than Newcastle now. And, and do you think it's almost something where they've almost got to go with the system that that Pardew's got in place? Well, I look at it in two ways. I think. Uh, Nobby Solano made a great point the other week when he said it's all right playing one up front if you've got the personnel. Mm, now yeah. a team like Man City can put Aguero up there and he gets four goals. You know what I mean? And that's because he's a world class finisher. Newcastle, unfortunately, they don't have a world class finisher. Papi Sissi is a very capable finisher, but he's not world class. Mm. He's a good player, but he's not world class. And then you look at, after Papi Sissi, you've got Riviere unproven, Perez very very much unproven. Mm. You know, good prospect, but very, very much improving. There's no senior figure like Schuller anymore. Um, Facundo, uh, he can't play at the moment for some reason. He keeps appearing in the reserves now and again, but we don't see him in public. You know, games get moved behind closed doors for whatever reason that is. So, you know, Adam Campbell injured even. Mm. Uh, Adam Armstrong, they don't seem to want to give him too much, too young. So, um, Newcastle don't have too many options in terms Mm. of finishes. But what I will say is, is that the team looked better when when they switched to two up front in that game against Leicester. It was Perez and Cissé, yeah. uh, and they, they looked a lot stronger. And you are a lot more threatening. Um, whether he tries it away from home, I, I would probably doubt because um, it's a game where if they get it wrong, they could get tonked, mm. and that that that's that's got to be a worry for the manager. So you know, over you, Papis, I would say. <laughs> Interestingly enough, though, do you know, given that I, I totally agree, we've been calling out for two strikers sort of all season. But I actually think this is probably the one time that I think he should go back to the the four two three one. I think that there, if they don't, I think they could be liable to to ship a lot of goals. And actually, I think that defensive cover, if everyone knows their positions and playing well, I actually think that's probably a more prudent strategy for this game. I don't think it's like you say. Right, and actually going forward and attacking, they're not going to offer too much. But actually, I think this is probably one of those games where that that system might work. Mm. But like you say, then what do you do? Well, you limit yourself going forward, and you cannot, as showed last time. I think that's what one in a million the the, the one nil win last year where Tim Krul plays out of his socks. Thirty six yeah. shots on goal at Tottenham and Newcastle six. Or they won't do. They won't do that. If that happens again, then you <laughs> can't be that lucky twice. No, it's no. A, you know, it's, no, you can't. No. You, that that's the thing. If Newcastle make a good start of the game and you know set the stall out early, then they're going to have a chance. But if they go out there and Tottenham are creating chances like that and finishing the way they finished the other night, I mean I don't know if the boy Kane's going to start and goal or, or start. <laughs> might be a chance. I don't know. <laughs> might be a chance. But uh, you know they've got goals right across the board, haven't they? And that's yeah. that's a worry. And I think the I've got to. I, I do feel like they're going to challenge for the top four this season. Thank you very much for that. So that brings us to the end of this week's uh, podcast. We'll be back on Monday with a wrap-up of the uh, big Tottenham game on Sunday and uh, a little bit more opinion and and analysis of uh, all things Newcastle United.
This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big, short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.